Hey guys, Princess here and welcome to another episode of Bye Pumpkin. Happy ba- Boss Baby Day to all who celebrate. Boss Baby 2 comes out today. It's in theaters and on Peacock, so Peacock it is. Um, I love Boss Baby and I have been waiting for a Boss Baby 2 for a very long time. Now, I know there are people that are like, oh, Princess is starting off with a joke. No the fuck I'm not. I love Boss Baby. I just wanted to pick up my um my step kid a couple of weeks ago in San Antonio on the way back. They were like, oh, um, w- what do you guys have planned for the rest of the month, blah, 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 or 4th of July weekend? I was like, yeah, you know, Boss Baby 2 comes out that weekend. So, you know, we'll probably just watch that like 80 million times. And they looked at me. I was like, yeah, I'm fucking serious. And I had to go to like a work lunch this week, earlier this week. And I rode with a coworker and she was like, princess, um, yesterday I watched the cutest little movie. It's called, and I was like, boss baby. (laughs) She's like, yeah. And I put my hand on hers. I don't usually like to touch people like that. I put my hand on hers. I was like, girl, I love that movie. Do you know there's a a second one coming out on Friday? (laughs) I love boss baby. Um, I don't, first of all, Disney, and that includes Pixar, dominates, uh, kids movies and shows and shit like that. And so it's, it's always interesting when you get something from something that's not Disney or Pixar. Um, not that DreamWorks is like an indie production or of any sort, but sometimes those movies are a little like, oh, okay, this doesn't involve a princess or... A magical curse of some sort. Sometimes they can be really funny. And I watch a lot of kids' movies and shit. So, I mean, I know the ones that are funny and the ones that are just like, yeah. So, like, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs is actually a very funny movie that doesn't, that, it, I mean, it's based on a movie. I mean, it's based on a book. But doesn't hit any of the usual tropes. It really is like an original concept. Um, I think Boss Baby might be based on a book too. Anyway, Boss Baby's cute. It's funny. I watch it all the time. I'm excited today because we're going to have the second movie. We're going to order some pizza. We're going to have popcorn and cupcakes and we're going to watch Boss Baby too. And I've been waiting for it. So, which brings me to this, right? So this, it's, it's 4th of July, right? And, um, 4th of July weekend. Um, it's the Friday when I'm, I'm recording this. And I, this, this is your episode for the 4th of July weekend. I didn't take it off. The reason I didn't take it off is because there is a much more important holiday in the month of July, princess's birthday. My birthday is the week of the 26th. So on that week, there will be no bonus episode. There will be no main episode. Um, I might put a, uh, uh, a rerun in the feed, but that's it. I'm not going to do a Princess Diaries episode. I'm not going to tell you I'm going to do a Princess Diaries episode because I don't want to lie about it if you're a Patreon member. If I do one, I fucking do one. But it's going to be a dark week for for the podcast. Um, And I just think that taking that week off for my birthday is a good mental health gesture. Take some time to yourself. Come back better. Come back stronger. Don't work yourself into the ground. You're not good. You're not. You are not any good to anybody if you work yourself in the ground. You really aren't. You're not going to have good work, good content. You're not going to be happy. Who the fuck wants to come to a podcast every week where the person gets on and goes, 
I don't want to do this podcast. Who the fuck wants to listen to that? No, 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 no. I want to come to this podcast. I want to bring you something. I want to make you guys laugh. I want to give you a good time. And so that means I need breaks. So that's what's going to fucking happen that week. Um, is there anything else I need to tell you guys? Watch Boss Baby 2. <laughs> like, they should be sponsoring this podcast. My podcast should be sponsored by Big Lots, uh, Texas Row House, Chili's, and Boss Baby 2. <laughs> But watch it. It's gonna. I, maybe I shouldn't tell you to watch it. Maybe it's gonna be terrible. But the first one was really good. I don't care for Alec Baldwin, to be honest. I, he's whatever. Uh, he's whatever. I I I think he's used the f slur a lot for some in public that makes me enough that makes me think he uses it in private. And I do know he grew up on Long Island in the '70s, so I do understand that word was probably thrown around a lot, but you did make it to 2021. So please stop. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, he's fine. He's also not fine. You know, I, I, I am ambivalent about him. He's given me many, many hours of hilarity on 30 rock, but also I think he might be homophobic. So, you know what? It's a fucking wash. Um, he plays the voice of the boss baby. <laughs> Myself, it's so stupid. <laughs> it's so, so stupid, but it really is one of my favorite movies. So anyway, let's get to work on this mob wise shit. This this episode is called "You Don't Want to Go to War with Me." It aired January twenty second of twenty twelve. It's season one, episode four. Um, Ramona, remember last time we saw him, Ramona went to jail and she's been in jail all day, and now she's going to Karen's house. And she says she doesn't want to be in love with somebody in a lifestyle lifestyle and now look at her she said she was helpless and scared i don't have it in me to make fun of ramona forget about being helpless and scared for being arrested it is a terrible it's a terrible thing to happen to you i have been arrested it went quite well for me uh but i can't imagine being pulled out of a car on the side of the highway and arrested because i'm riding around with somebody with drugs on who's who's like moving weight. I don't, I can't imagine that. Um, I don't want to imply that I think Ramona had no idea this was going on. That's not what I'm trying to say, <laughs> but I am going to say, I, I don't feel like making fun of somebody who, who got arrested and was scared. I just don't. Um, she tells Karen, she was on the side of the road being handcuffed and no one would tell her where she's being arrested. That is par for the course. Because if they if they say they're arresting you, they need to give you your Miranda rights. If and most of the time people get their Miranda rights, that's the you have the right to remain silent, blah blah blah. Which it was what sometime in the seventies, I believe it was. It might even be the eighties that they were forced to do that. It's from a case, um, a legal precedent made them do that. Uh, but most people, once they hear that, shut up. But and then anything, so if you tell someone they're arrested, anything they say after that, anything they say in between you arresting them and then Mirandizing them is inadmissible in court. So they don't want to tell you arrested unless they're ready to do the Miranda. And if they're not ready to do the Miranda, and if they, a lot of times when they do the Miranda, people stop talking. So they want you to be sitting over there saying whatever so that they can use that. 
Um, a lot of times people will, they'll get arrested and they won't even talk to you. Any questions you ask, they won't answer. Um, so, you know, if you get arrested, the best thing you can do is to be quiet. Don't say anything. Don't, um, I mean, if you have to say something, you're going to ask for a lawyer or maybe your phone call. Don't say anything else. Don't answer any questions from them. Be quiet. Uh, any lawyer you get is going to tell you to be quiet. <laughs> um, so that's if you get arrested, but avoid getting arrested, especially on the, on Fridays, right? We don't get arrested on Fridays cause, uh, you're going to be in there that weekend and you certainly don't get arrested on a fucking holiday weekend cause you're going to be in there that weekend. Um, until the courts fucking, or until you're going to be in there until they can, until you can get not even arraigned. It really depends. It really depends on where you are. But if you get arrested on weekends or holidays, you will be in there longer than if you didn't. Uh, if the police knock on your door, you don't ever have to speak to the police. You don't ever have to talk to the police. It's, but when you are at home, you have the most rights when it concerns the police. If they knock on your door, you don't have to answer. You don't have to talk to them. They cannot enter unless they have a warrant. First thing you should ask if a police person knocks on your door is do you have a warrant? If they have a warrant, they should put it, they should show it to you through the window or slip it underneath the door. This includes ICE too. They need a court order. They cannot just come in. So... If they don't have a warrant, don't talk to them. I know there's a lot of people listening to this going, Princess, I'm a law-abiding citizen. Me too, me too. I mean, I've been arrested, but I wasn't following the law then. But, but yeah, I'm a law-abiding citizen too. I hate that I have to know this. But listen, guys, we've all watched Law & Order, Psych, Elementary. We all... We all we all grew up on this copaganda shit, and you all know that if you let someone let a cop in your house, where they they need a drink of water, where they want to go to the bathroom, once they are inside, anything they see or hear is fair fucking game. And there's an in plain sight rule, but we can argue about what in plain sight is. So the best way to avoid this is to not let them in. If now. I'm not saying you should never be a witness, right? I'm not saying you should ever be you should never be a witness or you should never make a statement or anything like that. You know, there are reasons you will want to do that. If they want to interview for any reason, you will meet them down at the police station with your legal representation. Don't go alone. Don't ever go alone. You you will meet them down there. Do not invite them in your home. Don't let them sit on your couch. Nothing. Now, me, I mean, I, I keep my I keep my life pretty straight, right? Because I I mean I haven't always, but I do now because you know I have too many fucking kids and I can't I I can't I got too much to lose. But if they if they sit on your couch and they look over and they see something that is relevant to what they're talking about, it is now fair game, okay? If they if they knock on your door and, and ask you, don't ever go outside. Once you step outside your house, the rules change. They need an arrest warrant to get you out of this house. They need a, a search warrant to gain entry to this house. But once you step outside, so, so if the cops come to your house, don't open the door. <laughs> don't speak to them. Let them leave their card. You will contact them with your legal representation. Do not step outside to speak to them. If... The co a cops will lie. Cops are allowed to lie to you 
it is there it is they are i know there's some places that are trying to change like what they can do with minors and what kind of lies they can blah blah but they are allowed to lie to you if they stand outside and say if you don't open this door we're going to break down the door we're going to arrest everybody in here they can't do that now will they do that maybe they do all kinds of shit they don't have no fucking business doing but once they've done something illegal like that it makes their case against you very weak it's hard to defend in court a lot of things get dropped by the da because they can't they can't go to court with this shit so it's important that you know your rights knowing your rights does not make you a criminal even even if you always follow the law you should know what your rights are you should know that you don't have to speak to the police you should know that you can say i don't consent to be searched I'm not resisting, but I, I don't consent to be searched. So that later, whatever they find, you can say, I never consented to be searched. Technicalities like this matter quite a bit. And if you must talk to the cops, I'm fine with that. Just make sure you bring your legal representation so that they come with you and that somebody there can say, hey, you know what? Maybe we should leave while we still can. You know, they can't, they're not allowed to ask you that. Actually, I'm going to ask my client to be quiet. As someone in your best interest is in there, because I promise you, it is not the cop, okay? But yeah, like all I'm saying is that like, yeah, that makes sense that Ramon, that they didn't tell Ramon she was arrested, even though she's in a cell. You're like, am I arrested? And there, and nobody's answering you. You know, all this brings her back to her grandfather who was arrested when she was 10 years old. And she realized a lot of things about her family back then and her whole life changed. Um, she says this is all new for her and she's really feeling really put off. <sighs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Do I think Ramona's like some saint? No, I read to you guys some of the shit that's gone down with her since this but do I think she didn't know about what her boyfriend was no I, I think she did I I and it actually makes me think she knew even more because she left her husband and came back with nothing I yeah yeah um but I can still have like I don't need you to be completely innocent to have empathy about you being arrested and, and in prison especially Ramona who as far as we know doesn't have any involvement in these drug sales um, Karen says it's not the end of the world and you can't lay down and die. She says that just because the dude got arrested, he was still good to her and her kids. So buck up and get ready to fight. You know, this is, this ain't Karen's first fucking rodeo, you know? So Carla and Drita are back at, uh, are going to Big Angie's bar where Big Angie's in her lace back shirt and she's got her red feather. Remember the people who just put feathers in their hair? Do you remember that? It was a very specific time. Um, I remember when I was doing the Tory Spelling, um, podcast, they went somewhere and because I read her book and she got feathers for Hattie and Stella and her and it cost like $200. So <laughs> she was like, what? I didn't know if, that's because you're used to, you grew up rich touring. You don't ask people for prices beforehand. People even look at me. I'm like, how much that costs? Whoa, 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 whoa. Ketchup. You want to bring me ketchup? Is that extra? Because not that I wouldn't pay the extra, but I just want to know how much it is before you bring to the table and you can't take it back. What? How much is it? <laughs> but that, when I grew up without money. So, so I'm very cognizant of sometimes things aren't free or they cost more than you thought they did. Maybe you should make a decision before you tell them it's okay to do the thing. Before you get the feather in your hair. <laughs> Maybe you should. <laughs> Whatever. That's the type of feather Big Ange owned. Big Ange, they all know each other because Big, Big Ange owned a bar called Nocturnals when when they were younger. Drita would sneak in when she was like 17 and fight. And Drita says Big Ange would just go, oh, that's terrible, and just close the doors. No cops. <laughs> They're talking about how the bouncers would get stabbed and just go to the hospital with no cops. I mean, 
listen, the reason she ain't called the cops is because you fighting was probably the least of her worries. <laughs> like, so I call them because you're fighting. They get in here and realize we're selling coke here. <laughs> no, 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 no. We don't need to call it. Our license is expired. <laughs> Not to mention the 17 year old that's in this bitch. No, 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 no. That's why Big Ann shouldn't call the cops. It wasn't a favor to you. It's because she had 17 year olds in there and other shit was going on. And the last thing she needed was for the cops to roll up because her ass would have been going down, down with you. <laughs> so that's why she, it wasn't a favor to you, you know? Um, Big Ann tells him about her 22 year old son, AJ, who's always going in out of jail. Carly tells the whole grot of it. I was like, here's the thing. 22 is very young. 22 is a baby, y'all. It's a baby. I can't believe when I was 22, I, I mean, you're legal for all intents and purposes, for everything. You're legal to do whatever. But I can't believe when I was 22, I felt so old and I felt like I had to fix everything and do everything right now and figure out everything. And it just never occurred to me I'd still be living. Like that was almost 20 years ago. And right now I'm grappling with the fact that like, oh, I might live another 40 years. Now what? <laughs> At 22, I was like, oh, I only have like a couple more years left on earth. Gotta make it work. <laughs> if I had like, I, and, and people did tell me this, but I was too stupid to listen to them. I was a fucking idiot. But if I only realized how long life was gonna be, right? And how, in the grand scheme of things, what 22 was, yeah. But 22 is young, but also 22 is very close to 25, and 25 is very close to being too old to be doing this shit. Um, I would be concerned if he was going to jail a lot at 22. Not that he got arrested and went to jail for a DUI or something like that. But three, yeah, <laughs> let's talk about this. I would be concerned. Um, it's weird though, because as soon as she brings him up, she gets a text saying that her son got into a bad accident. And I don't like, is this an editing trick? Is this a production trick? I mean, she is on the phone, but we don't hear anybody else on the phone. So that's, that's interesting, right? I don't know. Maybe this is a reenactment. Either case, Big Ange and her cross earrings and her big ass cigarello have to go outside. She's on the phone with a friend of her son's father, which is a, a lot of relationships. Just say it's a friend who is telling her what happened. And she asked if her son was high and the person says they can't tell. And Ange says, that means yes. <laughs> um, I feel for Big Ange, but... Um, there, listen, at 22, it is what it is. You're grown, even though I just said you're a baby, but you are legally grown, and there's not a lot of influence you have over your 22-year-old son. You know what I mean? All the influence you had was 10 years back. And, I mean, I'm not saying, I mean, I absolutely will not be giving up on my 22-year-old children, but also your your sphere of influence and power is is very low. So... Uh, it's a tough situation to be in. I mean, you got to pick your battles there and you have to like decide, you have to make clean boundaries about what you're going to be involved in and whatnot. Um, Karen and Renee meet up and Renee tells her that Carla and her made up and Karen says that's cool, but they still have issues because Karen took Drita's side instead of Karen's and Karen says that whatever side she chooses to, to believe, uh, Carla should just stay out of it. Um, I don't know. I think she's better friends with Drita. I just, I, they hang out. They go to the gym together. They're single moms and with prison partners. And I think like, 
I believe Drita and Carla hung out before the show started. If someone told me Drita got on this show and got Carla on the show, I would believe them. So yeah, I see why Carla's taking her side. Renee tells her that uh, Carla and Drita are going to be on the same side no matter what. Karen says, Karen says, oh, so you think she's just going to always take Drita's side? That's because she's that much of a pussy licker that she's going to do that? And to, to Renee's credit, <laughs> she says, oh my God. <laughs> Me too. I was like, what are you talking about, Karen? <laughs> Karen actually chuckles while she says it because of the look on Renee's face. Like, what? Because <laughs> she's too much of a pussy licker. What are you implying? Are you saying that? We're not saying boot licker, okay? So that's different. Are you saying that Carla and Drita be fucking? What are you saying? <laughs> it was just it was just a moment that both Renee and I both were like, huh? Wait, 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 wait. What are you saying? You know, Karen keeps going. Karen is saying that like, she thought she and Carla were cool and to find that she's cheerleading for Drita means she took the wrong side. I mean, she's not talking directly to Karen and Car- Carla needs to keep her name out of her mouth because Karen will black out two of her eyes. I'm like, okay, all right. Uh, Ramona, Ramona, Renee says there's a lot of animosity out there for, for Carla and that, and that Drita and Karen should be able to be in the same place at the same time without there being a problem. You know, like civilized people. Like one of the reasons I like watching these reality TV shows is because I want to see what unreasonable, unstable people are going to do, right? Because if it's me and I don't fucking like Carla and I just don't fucking like Carla, when I see Carla, I either speak or I don't. I try not to be in her presence. And that's it. That's all it is to it. I don't have several, I don't go and sit down with several people to go. Me and Carla got a problem. Me and Carla got a problem. When I see Carla, I'm a blackout both her. I don't do that. Um, I know people have the impression that I am like someone who likes to fight a lot, but the truth is I've rarely been in physical fights. I just, I just understand when people take it there, <laughs> what happens when you take it there. And sometimes you ass go to jail for taking it there. And so, and so like I get Karen, I actually like listening to Karen. Karen is so dynamic on the screen. She really is. <laughs> But also, I'm like, all right, Karen. Okay, what did Carla do to you? Nothing, right? She just like she's just better friends with Drita. Okay, then leave her the fuck alone. Um. And so next we see that Junior's moving in, right? Junior's got his big lots couch. Big lots couch. I'm not knocking it. I'm not. That's not me downing it. I'm just very familiar with big lots furniture, and that was a big lots couch I was looking at, baby. And so. <laughs> I know one when I see one. And as he's bringing his stuff in, uh, Renee is asking how much stuff he's bringing. And I'm like, y'all didn't talk about this? Y'all, he's got, he has a truck and a U-Haul out there. Y'all didn't talk about how much stuff he was bringing? Uh, he's like, let me just bring it up and figure it out as we go. And they're arguing and stuff come, and Renee is like, you know, bossy. And she's like, let me just be in charge right now. What about this? I'm right about that. And I'm like, all right, Renee, calm down. Sit down somewhere. Next time, Next time I'm in a position like that, I'm like, you look like Renee. And then I'll sit my ass down. Um, Renee's house bigger than I thought it was. I didn't realize, I think, is it a full finished basement? I didn't realize she had all that space in there. You know? Um, 
she tells us that she's only going to be there a little bit of time because he's going to go to prison. Like his, and then he's going to leave. But then his stuff is going to stay there. And I'm like, why is he moving his stuff in? Especially if you don't like his stuff. Why is he moving his stuff in? If he's, he's got three months of sentencing, you know? So, you know, whatever. Renee's an idiot. So Karen and Ramon are back at Karen's place on the patio. She's got a nice patio. She's a, I, I believe, like, I always felt like the, 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 the show rented her that place. Because remember, when she first came, when she, the show, the season one first started, Karen was just visiting from Arizona to get information for her book so she could write the book. About so, but uh, it, it is a nice patio, and she's got a, a nice view. Um, you know, they're talking about how the bus is in the papers. It was a big bus. It's in the papers. It's on TV, you know, locally. Um, Ramona says she was going to tell her kids. She she was already going to tell her kids, but now she definitely has to tell them. I'm like, yeah, babe. You got to tell them. First of all, where do they think he is? Where do they think you were when you were in jail all day before you got released? And I don't think she got released on bond. I think that they detained her but didn't arrest her and kept her for as long as they could before they kept her as long as they could before they would have to arrest her. Um, They can only keep you for so long. And, uh, I'm sure they searched the car high and low to see if there was something they could arrest her on. Because what, because you know, they don't really want Ramona. <laughs> they want to charge Ramona with something, right? They want to charge Ramona with something and like threaten her with like a two-year bid or some shit. And then you're going to lose your kids. You're going to, you know, so then she'll testify, well, I saw my boyfriend, blah, 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 blah. You know, that's, that is how these things work. Um, but yeah, where do they think he is? And also, are they in school today, babe? Someone already told them. Some this is it's local. It's too big to be. It's 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 too big for no one to have said anything. People tell you shit. Your kids shit at school, and I think one of the worst things you could do for your kids is let them be sprayed with their own tea. Do not let them go to school and let a child tell them some shit about them that they don't fucking know. Don't do. Don't embarrass them like that. Give them the information. Help them process what should be said and what should be done and and give them some ammunition. You do not want your kid, like I said this before, you do not want your kid to be that girl that Michelle Trachtenberg eviscerated in Harriet the Spy by letting her know that her daddy don't love her and he's with his new family and we know you're all lying when you say you're doing stuff with your daddy because everybody knows your daddy don't even like you. Don't do it. Don't let that happen to your fucking kids. Um, which brings me to like Karen um, talking about, like Karen had like an open relationship about her father's dealings by a certain age. And cause she was in the papers all the fucking time. And um, cause I think he got arrested once and got set free. And then the second time he got arrested um, is when he ended up like deciding to work with the state. But um Karen says that when, when she was growing up, like one of the first times her father was in the paper, her father brought the paper to her, gave it to her and said, read that. Some of it's true, some of it's not, and some of it I'm not going to talk to you about because you're a kid. And I'm like, so I want you to give your, your children the information they need to walk in this world, right? Um, but we don't just give children information. We help them process it. That's the part of the parenting part, right? We don't just 
tell them something and walk away. We tell them, we tell them how to feel about it or show them which way how to feel about it. Like you don't just say, I don't know, your mother's been arrested. You say your mother's been arrested, but I talked to her, she's fine. She's not hurt or anything. She's got a lawyer, everything, she's, she should be home by, we're, we're hoping she'll be home by the weekend. We're, everything's gonna be okay. You have, I'm gonna keep you here with me. I'll let you talk to her when she goes. Like you give them, it's not like I'm an adult where you give them information and you let them figure out how to feel about it. When it's, you're talking to a child, you have to help them figure out how to feel about it. You got, and I guess a better way to say that was to help them process it. And because kids come up with dumb ideas, right? That's why you can't let the kids at school tell your kids about sex or about politics or about Santa Claus or any of that shit because they give them the bad, they give them the wrong information, okay? They, they come up with dumb ideas and they don't explain stuff right. So you have to explain it. So like, I'm just hoping that when Karen's telling the story, she was like 17 and not 10, you know what I mean? Like, just either way, it's still bad. But but like, you don't just throw a bunch of information and be like, read that, decide how you want to feel about it. We ain't talking about it. That's no, that's not how you do it. And I think Karen's daddy was some sort of like, <laughs> some sort of uh, A1 parent or anything. Um, Ramona says that when she, what she learned growing up is that half of what's in the paper is shit. And that's why we end up wiping our asses with it. Who is we, Ramona? The mo- <laughs> Guys, I know I'm cheap, but let me tell you why I'll splurge for a brand name. The thing that touches my asshole. <laughs> That's <what laughs> Who is wiping their ass with newspaper? That sounds terrible. <laughs> Ramona also says her kids have had enough loss and now their dad is in another country and doesn't even speak to them. Now that's interesting. I hope we get more of that. I don't remember if we did, but we need to get more of that because they were living a quite privileged life in another country um, with their mom and dad. And later we find out that Ramona had maids and stuff, which is typical. Like I know somebody who lived in Dubai who was explaining to me about how he, he was like, and then I had to hire a maid and everything. And I was like, oh, and he was like, yeah, I was living alone, but you're like, I didn't have the equipment to sweep. I didn't know how to do, because in some cultures, having domestic help is, is just what you do. Like you grow up with domestic help because if you have even, like if you're even like right out of poverty, you're gonna pay somebody else to do certain things. And so like they grew up with that shit and then, and then your parents break up, you leave all of that nice, the nice things you have. She brings your ass back to Staten Island? And now you're saying that the dad won't speak to them? They can't see him, he's out of the country. And they, and he won't speak to them? Like, I wanna know more about that. I'm sure her kids are going fucking through it. Every, I mean, sure, sure Ramona has family. I'm, and, and I'm sure the kids are happy to see like grandma, grandpa or whatever. And, and you know, this is where Ramona's from. So Ramona's happy. Like touching down Staten Island was probably like really exciting for her in a certain way of being like, I'm in my old stomping ground. So I'm not saying they're out here with nothing, but this idea that like, you've changed their entire lives. And then, and you took them from the lap of luxury to, to I'm sure you're doing fine. 
good not the lap of luxury and also my dad won't speak to me and I, I don't know when I'm ever gonna see girl tough they must be going through it I want to hear more about that when they expanded on I want to know why he won't speak to them um Carla and Drew to go out to a bar to talk to Derek Tobacco remember it's me Derek Tobacco I got you remember that <laughs> during the fight uh as the fight kicked off, Derek Tobacco grabbed Rita. He was like, girls, girls, girls. And he grabbed Rita and kind of held her. And I said at the time, that's a bad move. Like when people are, first of all, don't break up fights. Don't break up fights. You have no idea. When people are physically fighting, you have no idea what they're doing. Somebody could have a knife. Somebody could have a fucking gun. Uh... And even if they don't have any of those things, they will, someone can hit you, anything can fucking happen. Do not break up fights. Um, if I see two people fighting, I will, I don't even stand and watch it. What for? I leave. I'm like, I don't want to, whatever that is. I don't break up fights. Uh, even if I like really know the people. I, the most you'll get from me is a stop. <laughs> That's it. I'm not, I'm not going to get in the middle of this so one of you guys can hit me in my fucking eye. <laughs> and I'll be looking like Drita. No. So, but he did that. He got involved. And then the other thing is, because he's holding her and Ramona and Karen are swinging and I know people are holding them. They did a flashback. Someone had knocked, had Karen on her back and was holding her down like her spanks were all in the air and shit and a man straddled her and held her down. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Um, I can't, like, who was that? You can't, you can't. Anyway, but holding somebody who's in a fight like holding their arms or their head or whatever gives the other person an opportunity to fuck them up. And I know that people are holding Ramona and Karen, but you got to hope that those people stay holding them because otherwise they can just go over there and get like a ton of fucking free shots on Drita. And I mean, they could really fuck her up, but whatever he did that. And she says she knows him because he owned a bar that he, she and Lee used to go to. Drita worked at that bar. Drita used to fight at that bar. I think it's interesting that Drita doesn't know that all this fighting stuff she talks about is not as cute as she thinks it is. Now, I know that's rich coming from me. When, if you listen to this podcast, I have got on here and let you guys know that I plan to go to the school bus and fight someone who had hit my child. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that's rich coming from me. But here's the thing. I talked about it when I talked about Kale um, from Team Mom 2. So remember when Kale and what's that little baby's name? Lux, the one with the hair, that ugly hair, that hair. <laughs> I hate that kid's hair so fucking much. It doesn't go with his face. I don't know what it is. It's really bad. I'm not going to talk further about it because we're not on fucking Patreon. And I don't feel like getting the emails. But I'm just telling you, I hate that kid's hair. But remember that time she let his deadbeat daddy and his deadbeat granny <laughs> watch him, right? They don't, never, they don't do shit for him, but then she let him watch him. And someone cut the Lux's hair, right? Uh, and it's not like they cut it like to give him a haircut like this. It's too long. No, no, no. It, they look like someone cut up kitchen scissors, like something was in his hair. I feel like there was more to the fucking story. But anyway, they cut his hair. He, and, you know, he looks way far away and it's like an hour away she gets the kid fucking home and so and somebody goes oh it looks like his hair's been cut and she turns around and drives one hour at least 45 fucking minutes back there in a rage runs in the house and hits her baby daddy 
See, there's a difference between me, <laughs> me wanting to go up to the school and fight children, but I could, I'd never make it to the school. You know what I mean? Because like the anger, by the time I got there, I wouldn't be in a swinging mood anymore. See, I'd be angry enough to be like, I'm gonna go fucking fight this kid. But by the time I get, I've driven up there, I'm like, oh my God, I'm at the school. Okay, I gotta go talk to the people up front. Then I have to somehow lure this child out of the classroom. Then I gotta beat him up here. Then I gotta run, cause here come the fucking cops. Like, by the time I'm there, I'm like, I might be mad when I start. But I would eventually cool down. Kale drove an hour back. I don't think I'd get the whole fucking hour. I think what would happen is I think I would call my mom, right? And be like, do you can't believe what the fuck happened? Like talk a bunch of shit on the phone for maybe 15 minutes, but and end up you turning and going home. Cause I think to myself, like, what am I gonna do when I get there? Am I gonna hit him? Okay, well, what's that gonna fucking do? Nothing. All right. And I've, I've talked to you guys. I am a Kale Lowry at my worst. And at my base, at my least evolved, that's who I am. I'm just like her. I have all the same, have all the same traumas and all the same like trigger points and all those things. But I have been doing, as Ayala let, told me, the work. Do the work, beloved. And so I have evolved past a certain point where I do still get mad, but the anger doesn't sustain me long enough to do the thing I know I don't want to do. See, fighting culture is for people who don't have anything to lose, right? When you see grown women fighting in fight videos on Twitter, those are people who don't have shit to fucking lose. You know, when you don't have any recourse, like the, the, the justice system doesn't work for you. Life doesn't work out for you. You don't have a, a way to work around obstacles in your life. All you have is fighting some bitch in a parking lot. I, I, that might be hard to hear, but there are some people who don't have shit but that. And unfortunately, I'm just not there. <laughs> so, so... I have to think twice about things. I have to cool down about things. I have to figure out how I'm gonna f do these things. And because I have too much to lose, I have to like figure out ways to resolve things that don't possibly land me in jail. You know, if you get into a, a fist fight with somebody and kill them, you, <laughs> like you don't know what's gonna happen. First, well, let's start at the beginning. We, let's start at the beginning. We don't know whether or not they have a gun or a knife or something like that, and this is your last day on earth. But the thing that scares me the most is you don't know if all, all it takes is one good fucking haymaker <laughs> or a hit to the right spot, and they go down and you've killed them. And your ass is going to jail. You're going to jail. Over some, over a fight, over some bitch in, in a club somewhere. Something to think about. It's why when we see people Drita's age and Karen's age physically fighting, we're like, what the fuck are they doing? Because usually by this time, they've got some shit to, to, to lose. And actually Drita and Karen both have shit to lose. Drita is, Drita, Drita is the sole parent of two little girls who's, 
whose father's in prison. She got to make it home to those fucking kids. Karen, she's got Karina. Also, Karen's got a, a, a criminal record. She's like, she can't afford to be out here fucking fighting all the time. So yeah, like a part of me when I'm watching them, Kale, Kale has, Kale, what is Kale making? Half a million dollars a year on just that show alone? And then she's got her podcast and all this shit. And she's, again, got a pack of fucking kids in which, I mean, Javi and Joe would obviously raise their own sons, but I don't know if Lux and, what's that other one's name? Sardine or something? I don't know. She named that other one. What was it? Saint? What the fuck she named that little one? It was something. Hey, I don't know what their lives are like if Chris raises them, right? If, if they don't end up at his mom's house. Who the fuck wants to raise kids when you're in your 60s? But all it takes is you holding your keys wrong while you run in there and hit your baby daddy and something terrible happens. Next thing you know, you're in fucking jail. It happens all the fucking time. And your whole world's different. And so that's why, like I said, that's why there's this disgust about these, you know, people get into fights in fucking high school and and college maybe. Maybe those, you know, the type of years where you're drunk all the fucking time, you know? Like, if you're in college, when I say college, I mean like, when going out to your main thing and you're often with a big crowd and you're drunk or you're partying all the time, people get into physical fights like that. I, I blame alcohol most of the time for that. But yeah, it just, it feels strange to watch them do this. Stuff. And I want, well, Drita, what I want to get back to Drita is, Drita, what are you doing? Have you, what is the thing that keeps you fighting people? And much like when I was talking about Big Angie's son, or getting in trouble. People get in trouble sometimes. It just, it happens. But people who get in trouble over and over again, there's something behind that. If Drita was known as somebody who, if you came at her, she was gonna finish it, I will be fine with that, right? Because that's that's exactly how I am. I'm not gonna let you hit me. I'm not gonna let you hurt my family. I'm not gonna do any of that. I'm not gonna lay down and let you like fuck me over. But it's a different thing where you're like, princess got into it with the mailman and is outside tussling with the mailman. That's a different thing, you know? And it seems like Drita is, is actively looking for fights. And if she's not actively looking for fights, then, then fights are coming to her. That's another thing. You can't be defending yourself and get into a fight every weekend. Then you need to ask yourself, why are you putting yourself in positions where you have to fight people in the club? Like, how many enemies do you have? And also, when you see that bitch that don't that you don't like, why are you why are you super so careful to make sure you stay in this position and in this place with her? Instead of leaving, instead of avoiding, instead of like de-escalating. What is it that you're doing? I don't know. I, I'm just like I'm not one of those people that's like, oh, fighting is always wrong. I mean, I don't think fighting's always wrong. I think Big consequences come with that type of stuff. And it really depends what you're willing to risk. Sometimes the price is too fucking high to hit that girl that sucked your man's dick. I, I just, I'm just saying, I'm just saying it's his dick ain't gonna get unsucked. I, 
So, so maybe we should think about that. And someone like Drita, who is constantly known for fighting all the time, what is it that we're getting from this? And is she still like this? I don't think she's still like this. I think we would have heard if Drita got into a bunch of fights since the show. I think, I feel like that's the type of thing someone would like put on Instagram, <laughs> you know? I wonder what her kids think of it. They're probably embarrassed now that I think about it. I don't know. I just feel like maybe Drita needs to get on Ayala. You know what? Ayala ended her run. Maybe she can do some private consultation. Maybe. Hmm. I don't know. Ayala. Ayala. Call her. Call Drita. Please. <laughs> but anyway, Drita, Drita used to like to fight. She needs some therapy, I believe. I think she needs to figure out what the fuck is going on. Um, but... So that's how she knows him. And he's broken up lots of her fights. Um, she calls Ramona Karen's cheerleader. And that's interesting because Karen called Carla Drita's cheerleader. And so they asked, you know, um, she asked Derek about whether he was holding her when she got hit. Because she believes that she, when she was, she got hit in that eye while she was being held by Derek. And I don't know how that's possible. Because the way Derek was holding her, he had her face in his chest or towards him and he he was reached over grabbing her back and like kind of bear hugging her which is another reason I was like do not hold her like that because you can't even see what's happening if I if if I were in the middle of a fight like that and you grab me I would think it was Karen grabbing me so I don't see how somebody hit her eye while you know what I mean because her face was in his chest I'm not sure but she's so fucking sure Anyway, that's that's the end of that scene. So next we see Junior and and Renee talking about how AJ kicked in her bedroom door. Um, <laughs> uh, they played this scene like AJ, like 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 a very casual or a very like minimal AJ came home late or AJ's grades or AJ's grades are in the toilet type scene. And it's a very serious scene to me. I can't imagine filming this scene. Um, I don't know. I just, okay. So this is what she says happens. She says, AJ came home late. I don't know what's late for a 17 year old. Um, midnight? I, you're driving. I, so you're a senior in high school. Why can't you come home at midnight? Is that too late for people who have teenagers? Is that too early? It might be too early. I'm like... I'm pretty conservative in when it comes to like my kids. I guess I'm kind of strict or I, I guess the word is conservative because I'm like, I don't give them a lot of screen time. I don't let them do certain things. So maybe, maybe, so anything I think is right, I'm always like, oh, that's probably people, kids probably come home too, you know, when they're like 17. I don't know. But anyway, it comes home late and I guess they get to arguing and he's cursing her out when she, and he tells her to move out the way, which tells me she was standing in front of him, which is already, I'm like, when somebody's like angry like that and the situation is escalating, you do not escalate even further by like standing in front of them or whatever, What? but we'll get to it. So he told her to move the fuck out of the way. He kicked in her door. He kicked in his door. He broke a lamp. Now, Again, like I said, they're talking about this like, oh, AJ, he's, AJ's going through. I, I want to know when he kicked, why did he kick in your door to get to you? 
What was he going to do when he got to you? What did he do when he got to you? Did he fucking hit Renee? All right. So let's just start here. You guys already know I'm somebody who cannot, like, if you are getting rowdy with me, I can't deal with you, right? When I was a waitress, if a table got, got, got smart or rowdy or, like, disrespectful to me, I would never go back to that fucking table. Even if I was working on all the other tables, the manager would have to handle that. I can't, I can't do it. It's why I'm not a doctor. It's why, it's why I don't work in cu- Target customer, ser- customer service. I can't do stuff like that. I, it's why I'm not a therapist. I've been watching in treatment. I finished in treatment. And just, like, why are all these people bucking on this lady? Y'all paid her, and then y'all schedule, and then you come here, and then you want to yell at her? What the fuck is this? I I couldn't do it. And I'm certainly not going to do it with kids in my home. I'm not going to, I'm not going to like tiptoe around my house in case somebody want to beat my ass. I'm not doing that with a significant other. Been there, done that. Never again. And I'm certainly not going to do it with a child. And so already this is unacceptable to me. I mean, cursing at me is unacceptable to me for kids. I, you know, again, like I said, I think I'm pretty conservative when it comes to what I want and don't want for my children. Um, I think I, I'm pretty liberal and progressive about a lot of things with them, but like I, my expectations for behavior towards me, is pretty conservative. You're not going to curse at me. I'm just, I'm not going to let you. Um, but on the flip side of this, I need to be clear that I don't think like, I don't think Renee was at the top of the stairs seeing Mary had a little lamb and AJ ran up on her. I think a- Renee has a temper. She's a screamer. Wouldn't be surprised. I don't know. I have proof, but I wouldn't be surprised if Renee lays hands on AJ. I wouldn't be surprised if she threatens to lay hands on him or attempts to. And we can, you guys know how I feel about physical discipline of children, right? And we might have different feelings about that. But I'm telling you, if you are hitting a 17-year-old, you are fighting a 17-year-old. That is, you can't even pretend like you're spanking them. This is, I, I feel, well, where the fuck was A, where the fuck was Junior when all this was going down? But okay. So this is my feeling about that, is that I wouldn't be surprised if what Renee was doing, saying, and physically doing to, was also escalating, Right. Um, for me, like, it's very important because I, you know, I, I, I've worked with a lot of foster kids. I'm in a lot of like support groups with kids, with, uh, neuro, neurodivergent people and children and, and things that just aren't typical. And so, you know, I've like been in groups with people where they've talked about like teenagers, like coming at them or like, um with like a kitchen knife or I was in this support group with, for this foster adopt family. And this woman, um, her son had mental illnesses. Uh, she adopted him as a baby as he got, he was, he always had like a lot of behavioral problems as he was a teenager, he was diagnosed with mental illness. And by the time he turned 18, he was living in a group home. He couldn't live with her anymore. And you know, he, he would, the group home was voluntary. So it's not like it had like locks, like you couldn't get out. He would leave the group home most nights and break into her home and threaten her. Um, and she, you know, she's scared of him. He's, he's huge. He sometimes was off his medicine. It was, a lot of shit was going on. And like, obviously 
I don't want to call the police on anybody, right? I don't want to call the police on anybody. I certainly want to call the police on one of my children. Uh, but you know, the, the therapist that runs the group was like, also though, you have to create a paper trail for things like this because at some point you may have to take action and you need to, maybe you don't want to call the police, but you need to file a report the next day to let, so that there is some paper trail of these things that are happening. You know, she was really concerned with how others saw her and thinking that she was a bad mother and that she had done things to him. And you know, quite frankly, I don't fucking know if she did anything to him. I don't know her. I was just in a support group with her. That's not the same, like, you know, sometimes on social media, people were like, Princess, you're such a good mom. I wish you were my mom. Guys, you don't know what kind of mom I am. You only know what kind of mom I tell you I am. You don't know, you don't, these kids might be in a fucking cages in a basement here. I mean, I don't have a basement. The children are not in cages or in a basement. Okay, just so you know, just to be clear about that. But you guys don't know me. And like, I didn't know that lady. So I, I mean, maybe, maybe she did do some terrible things to him. I don't fucking know. But like hearing her talk about that, there's like a palatable, palatable fear, you know? And this is not one that I plan to go through. And I remember thinking very hard, because at the time I hadn't even adopted my older boys. And my youngest, the one that was that's nine now, was five at the time. And he'd had a lot of behavioral problems and physical acting out um, with other places, not as much with me. I mean, the problems he had in school and stuff were very different than what he'd had in other foster families. It's one of the reasons we adopted them is that he... We have a lot of structure, we have a lot of consistency, and he fit right the fuck in. Like, and the problems we had with him were minimal. He's actually doing really fucking well for a few weeks now. I think I'm gonna up his bedtime. Everybody else is gonna have to keep going to bed early, but he's gonna stay up because he does excellent with structure. When he understands what he needs to do and how, when you're consistent, he'd been in a lot of places that weren't very consistent. There's a lot of yelling, a lot of what I'm gonna do, and shit didn't just go, you know? And so at the time I was like, okay, so what if, you know, he doesn't like to go to school and she's sitting here talking about how the first thing that happens is that he didn't want to go to school when he was like five years old. And you know, I'm like overthinking and stuff, but I'm, but I'm thinking to myself, like, I'm not going to let that happen. Or if it does happen, I'm not going to let it continue to happen. I can, so with this AJ thing, AJ does some shit like that. I'm, he's got to go that night. Go back wherever the fuck you came from with this attitude. Go to your nana's house, your your girlfriend's house, your auntie's house. Go somewhere else. He's 17. You're driving. Go find somewhere to be. Then you come, you know, you, then the next time I see him, hopefully the next day, but again, he's older. It's not like he's definitely come. Next time I see him, we're going to have a calm conversation because I know we couldn't have had a calm conversation if you kicked in my fucking door. And I will probably say, Listen, I don't know what happened. You can explain to me what happened in a calm way. And I'll listen to him. I try to listen to, I try to let my kids explain things to me before like walking in and deciding things. I'm like, okay, let, let me know what happened. And I listen to them. And then afterwards I would have been like, okay, well you need to pay for all this damage that you did to the fucking house. And I'd probably be very clear if this ever happens again, you can't stay here. You really can't stay here. I can't deal with this. Um, I need peace in my home. I, 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 I can't be 
in a position where I'm scared at my house or I'm worried some shit's gonna happen in my house. Again, I'm not Renee, as we see in a few more scenes. Renee seems to thrive on shit like that. Renee seems to have like, uh, Renee's high strung, there's a lot of yelling, there's a lot of stuff going on, but like, I can't be around shit like that. And so I couldn't have AJ doing shit like that. But, you know, when Renee tells Junior about it, also, I'm gonna be clear. I think AJ was probably drunk. He might've been high. I don't mean like three blunts on the way home, but it makes a lot of sense if he, if he was drunk and something else had already happened. Then he and Renee get into it and then this happens. You know, when I was a teenager, I used to get into my mom. It was my worst years. I used to get into my mom like crazy. And we would say mean stuff to each other, like some hurtful mean stuff, but when I was in the hallway yelling at her and she was yelling at me, if she had like run up on me, I would have been like, oh my God, you can't do this against the law. <laughs> we can't hit each other. <laughs> I, I, I can't imagine fighting somebody like that, having to fight a child or a parent like that. I can't imagine. I just can't. Um, but when we, Junior gets a chance to talk, he's like, you know, I think... AJ's in an emotional twist with this girl he's dating. And Renee goes, well, if that girl gets him that emotional, he can't date her anymore. He's not allowed to. And uh, he goes, they all make you angry. What? What? <laughs> I, think, I think we got off track. What are you fucking talking about? Are you saying that AJ is dating a girl and that this girl makes him so emotional that he kicks indoors. I don't mean to laugh because what they're implying is ridiculous, okay? What they're implying is ridiculous. I don't care how much pussy he is or isn't getting, you can't do that. There's, what is, and they, and they say it all calmly, like this girl, she's the problem. No, something's going on with AJ. Something's going on with AJ. Uh, I, uh, they're framing it like, well, he's at a moment in his life where he is now dealing with women and he's and he's doing things he's never done before. And, you know, it puts you in an emotional twist. What is an emotional twist? I don't know. Also, I think this is the moment I noticed that... Um, that Junior has a like a scar, like scar from the Lion King, and which makes him completely untrustworthy. Because he's sitting there in the light, and you know that scar, the one that goes from the top of your eye to the bottom of your eye? Uh-uh, he's been in some shit. Somebody already didn't try to take us. I don't trust him. And don't trust nobody saying somebody's in an emotional twist. I really cannot believe they filmed this thing. If something like this happened in my house, we... I don't know. We'd be in a lot. I, I would, I, you know, quite frankly, I don't know what I fucking do. I really don't know what I fucking do. But also the way they're talking about this and handling this, it's giving me the impression that they are not, and maybe this isn't the first time something like this has happened. They're at a position where their kid is like really out of control I really can't. I also like, 
I'm trying to think about how I would have de-escalated the situation, right? He's angry, he's screaming, he's cursing. It's the middle of the night. One, I probably wouldn't know he came home late because I'd be a fucking sleep. You came home at four o'clock in the morning. I'm not gonna be up. <laughs> I'm gonna be asleep. I won't even know you came home late until I look at the security, uh, the, the logs from the security alarm from the night before where it was disarmed and rearmed. So I look at the fucking cameras. So already I'm gonna have this conversation after this is done. But like, there's no point in having this conversation in the middle of the night unless you, I mean, but again, like I said, Renee's a screamer. And I think that what we're discounting is that she was just not sitting there going, oh, AJ, where have you been? What's happening? And she's screaming. I know she is. She's screaming. You came home late. I told you not to come home late. What the fuck? Blah, 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 blah. I, like, but again, just like the emotional twist he's apparently in from getting his dick sucked regularly by his first real girlfriend or some shit. It is not, these are not excuses. Your actions are your actions. You have to take responsibility for your actions. Yeah, I probably wouldn't have filmed this because I would have been trying to protect AJ. I would, like, it's so bad. I wouldn't have wanted to, I wouldn't have wanted people to know that he was out of control like this. Um, I think there adds another layer to it to the fact that his aunt is the executive producer. And I don't, I'm not saying I know this is true, but what if this is some thing, some shit that went down and Jen, who's uh, Renee's sister and the, and the person who pitched is the exec producer is like, you got to talk about AJ. You got to talk about how wild AJ has been. Not sure. You know, my kid's first therapist, I remember, this was before I adopted, and I was like, I was like, I, I feel like I can handle this right now, even with them coming from all these different homes and all this baggage and trauma and shit and, and behavioral stuff and figuring out how to get them where they need to be. I feel like I can handle this. I feel like I inherently don't like teenagers though, all right? And it's gonna be so much harder when they're teenagers. And he was like, princess, Everything you're doing, like you do with your kids, happens at the front, loads at the front end. Teenagers, they're almost out. That's the, that's the late end of childhood. And you will be making the basis of your relationship much earlier. Now, I'm not saying, listen, they talk bigger and badder and they, and they do all kinds of things and they're, they're physically adults and they, you know, the things that you think that they, think problems do get bigger, but the basis of your relationship is already established. How your relationship goes is already established. Um, and I, I'm thinking about that, watching this scene, I'm like, what is the basis of their relationship? Now, AJ, Renee are, already treats AJ like he's her husband. She's emotionally incestuous with him. Like that is her man and has been her man for fucking 12 years. And then she's unstable. She's screaming a lot. She's someone, I already said she was hard to be friends with last, last week. I also think she's hard to be in a relationship and I probably think she's hard to be your mom. And the two of their dynamic is probably one where he does think it's okay to kick in the door and he does think it's okay to yell because she yells at him and maybe they get into physical altercations. And also he doesn't think he has to listen to her because she caves everything. You know, Renee talks real fucking tough. Renee caves. 
I don't know. I, I do feel bad right this second for, for them. Because like I said, if this had happened at my house, I'd be like, we'd be, we'd be like DEFCON 4. Shit is going down. Like we'd be scrambling to figure out what the fuck to do. And like, how do we move forward? We probably have an emergency therapy meeting. We probably, all kinds of shit will be going down. Like it wouldn't just be like some, well, you talk to them, you know, you do it, you handle it. It will also wouldn't be like, oh, well, we just need to break him up with this emotionally twisted girl. And then everything will be fine. I don't know if everything's going to be fucking fine, guys. But that's what they've decided. AJ's done with this girl. He has to break up with her. No questions asked. No back talk. Break up with her. And Renee wants Junior to do the talking. Because she says she's raised AJ. He's the man of the house. I was like, he's been there like 10 minutes, but okay. And Renee says she's been raising AJ alone for 17 years, so it's his turn. She also mentioned that when AJ goes off course, like doing stuff like this leads you down a criminal lifestyle. I agree with that. That in my experience, certain things can happen, especially to young men. It can happen when you're like, women too. It can happen when you're like 17, 18 years old that like knock you off into another path. It's... Uh, you can get a felony or a gun charge at like 18 or some real dumb shit. And like, you'll never be able to work legally in, in any, in, a, in like a significant pass capacity again. What are you supposed to do when you can't get legal employment, illegal employment? Your, your fucking father's in the mob. Your, 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 grandpa's in your mom your mother glorifies it what are you gonna do okay like i i agree that like this is a this is a, a a very um sensitive time for aj and he can make there are lots of choices to be made here and different roads to go down um but i don't know they just i almost hope they made this up i almost hope they made this up then we see Big Ange and her son, AJ. He meets up and he tells her what happened in, at the uh, accident. And, you know, she hears it and she's just like, he's lucky his handsome face didn't get hurt. She says it in a high voice she does sometimes, like a high, like, girlish voice she does sometimes. And they start telling each other about their love lives. And Big Ange has met a guy who just got out of prison after 28 years for murder. And AJ says, oh, you know, it doesn't make him a bad person. <laughs> say it makes him a bad person either but i don't think it's necessarily a person you need to be running up somebody else, he could be a good person for somebody else big Ange. leave him alone he's got a prison for 28 years he's got some stuff to work out but i guess he bought her a puppy so it's all fucking good um big Ange also wants aj to get a job or open a restaurant two of her uncles were in the lifestyle and she doesn't want that for her son she wants him to go straight she tells him if she if he opens a restaurant with the way he cooks the ladies will be flocking to him and he says that's what I'm looking, I'm into flocking. And I, that got a laugh out of me. I'm corny. I don't know. I can't, I, I can't help it. Um, Carla's going to a fashion show. This is throwaway. I don't, I, uh, she wants to start a line or something. Nothing happened. Carla's boring. Unless someone's fighting with Carla, Carla's boring. Ramona and Karen and their kids go over to Renee's house for dinner. They are on our time and Karen, not Karen, Renee is already annoyed. Renee says that AJ's acting wild and yelling and telling her he doesn't give a shit. Like she asked him to clean up around the house and he says, I don't give a shit and left. I was like, what the fuck is going on with AJ? 
and also saying that he hopes it doesn't work out between her and Junior. Now that I want more information. I want I want a scene with AJ where the, where the uh, where he talks about that. I find that very interesting. I think you know the last season of Potomac where Giselle was pretending to date her ex husband Jamal when he was living in her phone. And her kids did not want them to get back together. There's a reason for that. What is the reason? I want to hear the reason. And, you know, but they don't talk about that. What they do is they start talking about how Junior leaves crumbs everywhere. And Ramona says it's better those than those crummy girls that used to be around all the time. And Renee says some girl is texting him still. How do you know, Renee? Are you looking at his phone? This is what I meant by... I don't understand, like, like obviously we all know why Junior is there. To get information, to get close to her father, blah, blah, blah. But even if that wasn't true, you don't trust him. Whether for good reason or not, probably for good reason, but you don't trust him. If you have to, I'm telling you, if you have to live with somebody whose phone you have to check, and that doesn't mean that you're sometimes in their phone. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm in my husband's phone all the time. He doesn't know where his phone is. A lot of times he doesn't know what his passwords are. And a lot of times he'll be like, can you, I got a code for this, blah, blah, blah. I need to do this. Can you get my phone and look in the email and do that for me and whatever? That's fine. Sometimes my phone is ringing and I will ask him. My phone doesn't, it's always on, on silent mode. But sometimes it'll, I can, it'll be vibrating or something like that. And I'll be like, can you get my phone? That's, that's fine. Whereas anytime you leave, I have to pick it up and I have to be like, unlock this so I can see who you've been talking to. So blah, 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 blah. That you don't need to be in a relationship like that. Cause you don't trust that motherfucker. And even when you look in the phone, right. And there's nothing in there. You automatically think he deleted it. You automatically think he's got a burner phone. You automatically think he's, he's using disappearing, uh, fucking messages on Instagram. You already think that you do not trust that man. Leave that man alone. You don't trust him. And also, Renee, did you happen to see those texts between him and his attorney where they was like, testify against Renee's daddy? Did you see that? Because that was in there. <laughs> so Renee says that if Junior crosses her, she's not going to be there when he goes to prison. I don't believe that. Renee, Renee, Renee's like a cleanup girl. And not the way that, that Kendra said Holly was a cleanup girl. <laughs> not that. Well, not that. I mean, like, she is somebody who, when you're at your lowest... she will she'll come to you and build you up and that's a self-esteem issue with her but also like when you're at your lowest you're talking all sweet and shit i she's gonna be there while he's in prison it doesn't matter i mean she she says she she's been done she hits her herself in the chest i think renee is either drunk or, and she's taking her prescription pills. That's what it seems like to me about what Renee's. Later, uh, Karen's like, she's too much Chardonnay. But Renee's acting erratically, aggressively. She starts crying about how Junior left the TV on and left crumbs. She's yelling. Ramona starts yelling back, you're acting like he left condoms. He left the TV on. I don't know, man. Like, she's... She's moving erratically. She's moving all around the, like, she's not sitting there bitching about how he's not neat. My husband isn't neat either. I bitch about him all the fucking time. Like, 
I could recognize that. She's not doing that. She's moving around the room. She's yelling. She's, I was like, what is going on, Renee? You are very upset right now. Is this about really about AJ? What's something going on with AJ? Like what's going on? Renee's yelling, these are a part of my rules. I got caught off guard. And at this point, cause the kids are there. Ramona's four kids and uh, Karina, uh, Karen's kids. And I just realized why her name's Karina. Karen, Karina. Um, Karen says, so at this point, Karen tells the kids to be quiet. She's like, shh, cause we're also filming. The kids are here, but we're filming. And so we have to let Renee run around this room and you guys can't be giggling in the background. And then, cause they're in like a dining room area. It looks like it has pocket doors. You know what I'm talking about? Where they could just close the doors or not. And Renee runs in there and gets kind of rough with them. And it's like, be quiet. Don't make me. And I was like, what you gonna do, Renee? Hit their, hit their fucking kids. They're just kids. They're, they, I don't know. They look like, they could be like 12, 11, 10, 8. Like, you know, uh, about to leave you know, elementary school. They look young. And I'm like, they're giggling because you're running around the house screwing about crumbs. Also, there are cameras here. They're probably not used to. It's you're slamming things. There, some people when you act like that, they they laugh because they they don't know what else to do. Because why would you be doing all this? You know what I mean? And then she when she's like, "Don't make me," I'm like, "Don't make you do what? What are you going to do to these children?" What? I I I don't know what to say. I really don't know what to say. And I probably would have like, maybe they edited this out. I probably would have told Renee to get away from my kids. <laughs> I probably would have. And then I would have closed the pocket door so they couldn't see Renee anymore. Or Renee couldn't see them. Um, of course, they're going to get rowdy in the dining room. As soon as the door closes and they're there with just kids, they get rowdy. But still, I... Karen says that, like I said, Karen says Renee has had too much Chardonnay. I think she had too much Chardonnay and she had some perks with it. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I don't know what perks that's do. With alcohol, I don't know about drugs, but I wouldn't be surprised if she also had like some prescription. She she mentions later when she's uh, trying to stay sober that prescription pills were a problem for her, and I wouldn't be surprised if she's mixing it. I wouldn't be surprised if she's really upset about AJ. Whatever fucking's going on with AJ, I wouldn't be surprised if I just a lot of things I wouldn't be surprised about. Ramona says that when Renee is on her deathbed, she's not going to be worried about crumbs. And probably Junior said, I was there for her in the hospital and after she'll deal with the crumbs. And Renee screams, fuck the hospital, clean up the crumbs. <laughs> At this point, I probably would have been scared because why is she yelling like this? And then Ramona says very quietly, well, I had maids. I never had this problem. <laughs> and it was a funny moment. <laughs> Like I said, Ramona, I I agreed that she had maids. You don't now, though, girl. I know you don't right now. And also, this isn't the time to bring it up. (laughs) Um, Ramona is laughing. But at one point, Renee is on the floor pretending to be Ramona's maid. Her feet are filthy and she's shaking her butt. I was like, "Mm, we're in the middle of something. Something is going on. So they have talking about Carla and it's whatever. I Like we all know how everybody feels. We don't need to talk about it again. So the next scene, Carla and Drita go to the gym. And like I said, that's where they're friends. They're gym friends. And you know, they're just talking about how Renee is trying to get them to hang out with Ramona, how they don't want to. 
Drita says haters are like crickets. They chirp all day and when you walk by, nothing. She's correct. And when they want to know, and then she says, why does Karen keep saying to square up? Why, with, with her little alligator arms, who the fuck is she going to square up with? And she just little imitation of Karen's short arms. <laughs> the genius of this show is in the talking heads. The girls are, the girls really are dynamic in those talking heads. Dorita's really good in there. She's funny. I think she's made to tell story. I think she's the person that's on. Like, I think she's someone, if you're drinking with her in a bar, she'd be telling you stories and joking about this and joking about that. I think Renee is also, Renee has been uh, practicing for this mafia princess role all her fucking life. All the pithy saying, she's got all that shit. I, the, the, the magic in the show is in the talking heads. Um, Drita says that Karen needs Ramona there and that if Ramona wasn't there, Karen wouldn't have gotten bucked there. And the two of them end up on no new friends. They, they don't want Ramona. They don't want no new friends. So later we get to Car uh, Karen calling Carla so they can have a sit down. The last time they saw each other was when Drita and Karen fought on the rooftop, not the balcony. That was the last fight with the Derek tobacco and the Ramona and Renee's party and all that. The, the fight before that was on the rooftop and it was the season finale of season one. She hasn't seen Carla since then. And she wants to see her and, and you know, and she wants to talk about her issues with her. And Carla, we all hear Carla's voice. She says, you have issues with me, you're saying? Like she has no idea what this is fucking about. To her, Karen's, Karen's calling about her car warranty. Karen is calling saying she's from Microsoft and wants to fix her computer over the phone. This is like a, a telemarketing spam call. Car, Carla is like, what? Wait, what is this? But they go. They go to sit down and talk. Um, they, they almost always make them go to like little like Italian places I, that I don't actually think they'd be in, to be honest. I really don't think they'd be in there. But, you know, so they go there. Um, they start off with how they haven't seen each other all summer. And Karen comes right out the gate with this whole summer. She's hated Karen, Carla's guts. She says that Carla was laughing with, during that rooftop fight. And that meant she needs to come for Carla too. She says she felt like Carla was with Drita and that means they need to fight. She brings up Carla didn't see Renee at the hospital and that Ramona told her that Carla had been going around saying that Ramona was her arch en enemy and that if you treat Renee badly and if you want to be fighting my cousin, well, if you want to go to war, I'm a soldier in her camp. Now, I wish you guys could see Carla's face at that moment. She is like, where the fuck am I? What is this? You're a soldier in her camp? See, honestly, I'm right there with you, Carla. This doesn't make any fucking sense. What are you saying? You're mad at me. First of all, the way she's talking is not the way Carla talks. Carla, I wish... Carla looks like a young Cher. Cher looks so fucking beautiful when she was young. I'm not saying she's ugly now. I'm telling you like what Cher looked like. I'm talking right, the Sonny and Bono, the, uh, excuse me, the Sonny and Cher of Cher. Uh, she, that dark skin, this long, perfectly straight black hair. She looked like nothing anybody had seen. And I guess, I guess Cher was doing a lot of tanning back then. But uh, Carla looks a lot like her. Carla is impossibly beautiful. And I just can't imagine Carla thought she was going to come on this show to fight. 
I think Carla thought she was coming on the Real Housewives of Staten Island. And now she's on here with these fucking brawlers. Obviously she knows Drita, but Drita and Karen and Karen wants to fight you and shit. Carla is so like, what the fuck are you talking about? You should see her face. She, her face says it all. Carla says, one, she didn't say that about Ramona and Ramona's been talking shit about her. And Karen says that Drita's been going around saying she went to the hospital. And Carla says, her voice is very much like, she's not performing. Like this is, I feel like this voice is exactly what she would say if the cameras weren't there. She's like, but you did go to the hospital to get your, because of your ribs, to check out your ribs. That's what we were hearing. And that sets Karen off. Karen says, it's like, no, I fucking didn't. The fact that Carla is saying Karen sought medical treatment for someone hitting her is just too much. She gets really mad. So then Carla says, you're angry at her, you're mad, but I can't agree with you. And Karen says, oh, so you're calling me a liar. You're saying I'm making it up. Karen came to fight, y'all. And so Carla says, she always has Drita's back the way Karen always has Ramona's back, but she doesn't want them to fight. She never wants them to fight. And Karen says, it didn't like you was breaking us up that night though. And Carla's like, I tried, but you know, Drita was being wild, so I let her go, um, which is the right thing to do. So Drita was next to hit you in your fucking eye. And Karen just starts going off, saying that Drita sucker punched her and hit her while she was down. And if Karen, if Carla came to to uh, Renee's party, she would have been able to laugh when Drita got her black eyes, and she likes to laugh so much. And Karen's proud of it. And Carla says she doesn't want to talk about Drita, right? Because because Karen, you called me here to talk about me and you. For some reason, you're saying you have issues with me. And since we sat down, you've been talking about Drita. Karen says that's because. Carla is Drita's lawyer and that, and then she says, Drita can, can't fuck with me. That bitch can lick my motherfucking pussy and Macy's. I don't give a fuck about her. What? What does this mean? What? Is there something going on that I don't know about? Is there something going on? Like, like, is there some kind of implication that Drita is, uh, gay? And that, or that Drita is at least by like having sex with women or that Drita, I mean, Drita works at the Macy's. So like, is she saying that Drita's up in the Macy's fucking, like, what is she trying to say? It's so confusing. And you know, now if she had said this, we would have had six tweets about it two seconds later and we would all know all the backstory and stuff. But now I just have to be like, what is she trying, what is she trying to imply about Drita's makeup counter at Macy's? Carla says she doesn't want to talk about Drita and that Karen is being disgusting and she's laughing the same way I am because it's ridiculous. Like I said, some people react that way by laughing. Like they're like, what? You, you call me out of the blue. So out of the blue that I thought it was a telemarketing call, but I brought my ass down here to hear why you're mad at me. And when we get here, all you want to talk about is Drita and whether Drita licked your pussy. And Macy's. They, of course I'm laughing. I'm, I, I don't understand what's happening here. But the laughing is making Karen mad. And she says this is why she doesn't like Carla. Karen is. Karen if you. If you don't want to be laughed at. Stop being so fucking funny. What are you doing? And then Karen says. Bitch I'm going to tell you right now. That you're going to go to war with me. You don't want to go to war with me. And Carla goes. Maybe you don't want to go to war with, with me. And. These are iconic lines from from the series. Obviously, I didn't perform them correctly, but that's but the, there. You don't want to go to war with me is an iconic line from the 
series, but Karen is saying it seriously, right? Carla is like, okay, well, bitch, maybe you don't want to go to war with me. Like, she's like, so then, but this sets Karen off. She stands up and she says, bitch, get up then. And Carla does stand up and tell her, she's basically like, this is ridiculous. All you've talked about is Drita. I'm going to walk away. And she walks away towards the bar and Karen keeps on, come here, come here, come back here. Um, Karen kind of follows her and they do end up arguing next to the bar. I, I feel like production asked Carla not to leave. I feel like that's what happened. They're like, she's not going to hit you. It's fine. Can you guys just finish? Um, cause it's, cause the energy is different as they're talking at the bar and Karen, you know, Karen gets in her face and Carla says she didn't come here to fight. And I don't know, something snaps in Karen's fate, head. And I feel like, again, there was some pause and production talked to them. I've seen behind the scenes of like a love and hip hop where production stops and makes them start over. And it's like, you guys are talking about this. Make sure you talk about this. And then I feel like they stopped them. and was like, all right, all right, all right. Carla, please don't leave. Please don't leave. Karen, calm down. Like, just, just finish up here. And because what happens is Karen, when Karen has that snap, she goes, Carla, I like you. <laughs> and I would have left right then and there. You cannot invite me down here Talk all this shit to me. Tell me you want to fuck me up. Tell me. <laughs> tell me. Tell me all summer you hated my guts. Telling me. <laughs> telling me you saw me laughing. And that means you wanted me to come. You wanted to come from me. And that you think I'm Drita's lawyer. And, and Drita licks pussy at the Macy's. <laughs> so quick. <laughs> So I was consensual. What are you talking? What are you saying, Karen? You can't tell me all that. And then when I give up the lead, be didn't stand up on me, right? Because if you stand up to me, if we're having like a heated discussion and you stand up to me, that says that you're gonna come over and hit me. You know, if you stay ready, you ain't got to get ready. So I, I'm not gonna let you come over and hit me though. So like standing up is a sign of aggression to me. So you then you stand up and you do all this stuff and then. After all of a sudden, then you go, I like you. What the fuck was all that? What is all that? <laughs> I'm right with you, Carla. <laughs> Carla's just looking at her. <laughs> and, and she's like, you know, it calms down a bit. <laughs> and Karen goes, do you like me? <laughs> what do you mean do I like you? Maybe I do like you. I don't like that you just threatened to fuck me up several times. <laughs> okay, fine. I like you. Because cause that's, you know, Carla does say, and I'm saying she likes Karen. And she never had a problem with her until now. So this is very confusing. So it is, so what they decide is that they're not going to talk about Drita together. And they're not going to talk about Ramona together. Because either it's very easy to get into a fight when you're talking about my friend and you don't like her. So our relationship is fine. But I'm not going to get into it when you and Drita are getting into it. You're not going to get into it with me and Ramona are getting into it. Um, <laughs> and then they shake hands and Karen asks if she want to do a shot. <laughs> and so they do a shot of some sort. Um, it looked like wine, but they were drinking it like it was a shot. I don't, I don't know what that was. And in the talking head, Karen says that she respects the fact that Carla is loyal, but she's loyal to a hoe. 
And that's how it ends. Loyal to a hoe? What? <laughs> I understand the world was different in 2012. I understand this was almost 10 years ago. But what? <laughs> to a hoe? Because Drita slept with your man, slept with your ex after you left town to go into witness protection? <laughs> and you got a problem with Carla because she's loyal to a hoe? Girl. <laughs> Guys, that is the end. That is a fucking end. I'm glad I recapped this today. I had a good time. I was a little weepy earlier, but I don't feel weepy now. So, you know what? I'm good. <laughs> I'll see you guys next week. Later.